You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another edition of Locked On Indians. This is your host, Jeff Ellis, for, of 24-7 Sports for the time being. Uh, so, I can't go into specifics at this point. You know, things will eventually filter out as they do. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking for a new home as a writer Trying to decide, have a few small choices, uh, offers, I should say. Kind of seeing what shakes out. Um, if you listen to the podcast, you know that over time, over the years, that uh, one of the worst things that happened for those of us who did baseball at uh, at scout.com was when CBS bought us because they didn't really have an interest in baseball. And even though they actually have a, a really strong team of writers, it's only a small group and they've never looked to expand upon it. Um, even though we were brought on, we were told, hey, yeah, we'll totally expand upon it and use our stuff that didn't quite develop. And CBS, uh, you know, they know what uh, generates attention and they know where the hits are. And um, unfortunately, it is a hard time to be a baseball writer. It is a tertiary sport. Uh, you know, uh, college and pro Football is king. Uh, college basketball and pro basketball are kind of second, though we've seen the pro basketball numbers tank a bit this year. And then really, I mean, things like the the rise of esports, while some people might discount it, is, you know, garners a lot more attention. And soon we'll probably see esports getting higher ratings than baseball. And that's just kind of the sad state of where we are, where, um, yeah, it's hard to find work as someone who's written about baseball for the last few years. So I'm still at 24-7 Sports. I will likely be there, hopefully, through the end of the draft. And then we will see where things take us. Um, yeah, so if anyone knows of anyone who wants a prospect slash uh, blogger slash uh, you know, MLB draft guy, I'm, I'm officially looking for work. Okay, so that aside, uh, the Indians haven't done anything. We had that Kluber deal, which kind of blew the, the doors off of everything. And then uh, radio silence since. Uh, we learned who they let go. It's probably the biggest news since the Kluber deal itself, which is Mike Freeman. That's interesting because the Indians have so many arms under contract. And not a lot of uh, infielders right now. I think like ESPN and other places had Freeman projected as the Indians starting second baseman. Uh, clearly, that's not going to happen. He'll probably be back as a non-roster invitee. But, uh, yeah, especially after the point in time where they let James Hoyt go, were able to re-sign him, um, put him back on the 40-man, and then let Kevin P go. It's it's an interesting juggling of uh, the 40. And we'll see what they do. I still think they need to add talent. So there's going to be some changes coming at some point uh, with this roster. So since the Indians are doing nothing, let's talk about what's happened since the Kluber deal. Is it seemed to uh, help reopen those floodgates, which had kind of slowed down after we had the the top of the market guy sign with Rendon and Cole, and then a whole avalanche after that. We had another one because not long after Kluber signed or signed was traded to the Rangers, Madison Bumgarner went to the Diamondbacks, which was not really a place I had seen him tied to anywhere. Uh, it was a bit of a surprise. I mean, I would consider it a massive surprise. It, was, he, it wasn't even like a top three, four team by most people's consideration. You know, the big name reporters were all saying that he was going to get $100 million plus. 
that he was going to get all. He ended up getting just $85 million, $17 million a year. He got less. He's going to make less than Corey Kluber next year. Um, that's a reasonable contract. But at the same time, it was just interesting to see him get a reasonable contract because the, the starting pitching market is weak and just continues to get weaker. Uh, Wade Miley signed with the Reds. Two years, $15 million. Uh, it can go up to $24 million with a third year um, that's an option with a $1 million buyout. He's a solid back-end guy. I've said that before. He's one of the five best starters left on the market. You're going to have Castillo, Gray. I think Bauer's actually going to be the number three in Cincinnati. Uh, Anthony DeScalfini and or Tyler Molly, And then Wade Miley. They needed to add an arm. It's just interesting because all the talk on the Reds was, you know, this is a team that's going to be super. They got Mike Boustakis, who's a, a good hitter, but well down the line. And I'll get Wade Miley. Like the Reds were going to go out and get uh, D.D. Gregarious. And they were going to go out and get... Yasmani Grandel, and they've really settled for the D type of talent. Uh, they're not getting the A, the B, they're getting Tier 3 guys. Um, you know, Moustakis is borderline Tier 3, Tier 2, but still. Uh, I mean, Wade Miley was well down the line. Is he an upgrade? Absolutely. Is he at a decent price? Totally. But if you were a Reds fan and you kind of got um, big pictures in mind about what this team was going to do, this doesn't feel like a big picture offseason for the Reds. Then the Blue Jays added, uh, God, me in pronunciation, Shun Yamaguchi. Two-year deal that's going to pay him about $3 million annually. He, uh, I mean, I like the dude right away because we share the same birthday. There's a lot of pitchers born on July 11th. You know, maybe I'm giving out too much personal information. But uh, it's always interesting to me. There was like a few years ago, it was um, Ryan Rollison was a draft-eligible sophomore. Was it? Might have been Jeff Conine, so a batter, but I, I've seen my birthday come up more than a few times when it comes to these guys. Six a year ago, we saw the Mariners sign kind of well, definitely a more well-known left-hander than uh, any of these guys coming over this year, and he struggled mightily. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Yamaguchi is a knuckleballer by reports. He has a lot of experience over in Japan as a starter. He's uh, for his career a walk rate of a little. About three and a half, a strikeout rate of about eight point seven. This was kind of my comment on Lynn Blum. Uh, you know, the nice thing if you're a, a fan is it's only three million a year. That's a good contract. He is going to be thirty three in the middle of this season, but the numbers don't strike out and go. Yeah, this guy is going to work out as a fifth. I mean, it's we'll see if uh, if they use him that way, or if he's going to be a reliever with the Jays. He has mostly started for his career, um, at least since 2014, let's put it that way. Before that, he worked out of the pen heavily. Since then, he's been a, a reliever. But the, at $3 million a year, it's pretty cheap. Um, we'll, we'll see. Again, I, I think he'll probably start out as a starter, but could be moved to the pen. It's an okay deal. Then the Cardinals come back around. The Cardinals have needed pitching. I've seen a lot of angry Cardinals fans at this point uh, about all the, the pitching that's gotten by. A lot of them were angry when Kluber got past them when they felt like they could easily top that deal. And they, I mean, when they have all the fireballers they have, I mean, it, you feel like maybe they could have. And they go out and add another name I'm going to butcher, uh, Guang Hyun Kim, a left-handed uh, starter from the KBO. Now, 
again, the KBO is not as strong as Japan. He's going to be 31 very soon. Across the KBO, he's been he averaged 7.8 strikeouts per nine, 3.5 walks. The strikeout number, this is the last two years, they're up to 8.6 and 8.5. You're going to hope that he can be a fifth starter. Um, they're paying him $4 million a year, so it's not super expensive again. But we've reached that point in this market where, yeah, roll the dice on the uh, the Korean hurler who's shown effectiveness, uh, even if he has had some health issues. He missed uh, all of 2017 due to injury. So it, he's a decent gamble. And especially, again, if you look at the pitching market right now, um, I can pull up a recent tweet, but you know, you've got Dallas, you got uh, Ryu, you've got Keiko. Uh, then after that is Tehran, and then after that is a real mismatch. Alex Wood, I'm sorry, is next, and I'd probably sign him almost over anyone on that list, in all honesty, because I'd rather bet on him rebounding. When you look at his performance in years past, uh, cost a contract, Alex Wood would be my number one guy. So we go past them, and then it's just a, huh? Rich Hill is probably the biggest name. He's not going to start the year. Uh as a, someone you can count on, he's going to start the year on the injured list. And 30, 39, right? So, I mean, he is he's getting up there. Uh, Ivan Nova, who has been up and down in his effectiveness. And then after that, the other guys who have been starters, you can Gio Gonzalez and Homer Bailey. So that's, uh, yeah, it's not an awe-inspiring list. So, and especially when you get... We, if you project somebody like the White Sox and Twins rotations, well, we'll project them in a second here. First, let's talk about um, the Spotify Wrapped, which is you can go on Spotify and tell it to do the Wrapped look to see who your top uh, Locked On podcasts are this year. And if you send that to Locked On Live, they will retweet it, get a chance to get your tweet uh, retweeted by Locked On Live. So you're going to go over to Spotify and ask Spotify to Wrapped. So really there are three teams that kind of stand out in the American League for me in terms of teams that need pitching, um, have been connected to a lot of pitching, and failed to get anyone off the top of the market. So if you look first at the um, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, we'll go back to the Central. Their rotation pieces, Griffin Canning, you can probably pencil in. Dylan Bundy, you can pencil in. Andrew Haney, you can pencil in. After them... It starts to get a bit... Uh, uh, Otani, we'll see what he can do. I don't think you can really pencil him. I mean, you wouldn't put him in pen, but you can put him in pencil. See, that old adage. Uh, I just don't know how much you're going to, after missing a full season with all of his contributions in other areas, are you really going to throw him out there and expect him to get 200 innings? I don't think so. Jamie Berea has been more of a back-end guy for them. Patrick Sandoval, I think, is a fantastic prospect, but I think he's ticketed to the pen. Um... I don't have a lot of faith in a lot of their other... They need a starter. Like, that's just end of story what it comes down to. They have to fight. You know, Dylan Peters, the Indians faced him a few times and beat him up every time. Uh, they have to go out and add one of these guys as a starter. So the Angels are in desperate need of one more starter. The Twins, you know, we made a big deal about all of their players who hit free agency. Starting pitching-wise, you've got Berrios, you have Odorizzi, and you have... Um, Michael Pineda, who they brought back in. Then it's, you know, the Randy Dobnex, 
Devin Smeltzer, Lewis Thorpe. Uh, again, this is a team that really could use another reliever. They just re-signed Sergio Romo, so that's helpful. Um, I'm going to talk about another addition they made in a bit. They do have prospects getting near there. Um, I've always really liked uh, uh, Bruce Starr, Grad Durrell. I, I might like him, but I can't pronounce his name. Uh, I'll be curious to see if they have him break as a reliever. There's always been debates if he's going to be a reliever or starter long term, but no matter what, it's a really good arm. So, bottom line though, it's a team that really could look. I mean, the Indians beat up on Smeltzer multiple times. The fact they had to throw Dobnik in the playoffs is, is less than ideal. Thorpe has been inconsistent. Um, yeah, they need they need one, possibly two more starters really at this point uh, for the Twins. And then the White Sox, who were the runners up on Wheeler, and I don't know if they're really too in-depth on anyone. problem for them is Jimmy Lambert, who I was much higher than the crowd on. In terms of his draft prospect rank, or draft in terms of his prospect ranking a year ago, well, in June he required Tommy John surgery. Uh, Michael Kopech had Tommy John surgery in uh, 2018. We'll see how much quickly, how soon he can get back from that. And then in May, Carlos Rondon, Tommy John surgery. So they got three guys who, honestly, I would consider legitimate contenders to be part of that rotation. All of them either in the midst of recovery or. You know, slowly coming back from Tommy John surgery. Lucas Giolito was fantastic. Dylan Cease is a top prospect. Dylan Covey, eh. Carson Fulmer, eh. Reynaldo Lopez, eh. You know, I, I like Dane Dunning. We'll see if he can establish one of those spots. We can see why this is a team that really wanted to go out there and add another starter. And so far, it just has not come together for them. They have not been able to add that starter in free agency. Uh, you know, Dane Dunning is listed as kind of the next guy up on um, roster resources. Uh, oh, that's because when I pulled it up, it's no longer. I pulled up the old ones. That's my problem. It wasn't connected anymore uh, with fan graphs. But so when you pull up there, I was like, these aren't being updated. But uh, yeah, I don't necessarily trust Dylan Covey. Lopez works. Giolito certainly works. After that, it's just a bunch of, you know, Cease, you want to give that opportunity. But after those three, they really could use two more arms. There are some guys there that I, I do like. I, I You know, the Indians and White Sox are never going to make a trade, so it's just let's move on from that. But the White Sox really should be calling, of all these teams, the uh, the Diamondbacks about Robbie Ray. They could use, they need that arm maybe more than the Twins, more than the Angels. And they have pieces they could move. Uh, for instance, I mentioned Dane Dunning before. Dane Dunning uh, did not pitch in 2019 due to injury. Another guy. Uh, but before that, and you go back to his 2018, K per walk across the year in the minors was over 10. His, or I'm sorry, his strike, K per nine was over 10. His strikeout rate was hovering around three. He's missed bats. He's not walking guys. Excellent FIPS in the minors good ground ball rates like everything stood out for him and then you look at i mentioned gavin sheets a moment ago yes the son of larry sheets uh last year in double a a 122 runs created plus a 10 percent walk an 18.8 percent strikeout interesting to see a guy who's that big that strong who walks that much but doesn't strike out a ton especially for what we're seeing relative to a lot of minor league players uh good bat pip numbers showing positive production probably a bit underrated on the whole you put those two together maybe another piece because the one thing that really stands out when i look at the white Sox is 
uh, this is not their full profile, by the way, is, you know, they have Eloy at left, maybe DH long-term. Nomar is now in right. Center field is going to be Luis uh, Robert soon. Uh, they're they're kind of set. They got Grandel at catcher multi-year. You got Abreu at first, Mankato at third, Anderson at shortstop. It really leaves second baseman, and uh, depending if you feel like leaving Eloy in left, Second baseman and uh, DH, which you assume is going to become Nick Madrigal at second and your DH becoming Andrew Vaughn. Uh, potentially, I mean, that's a stellar, stellar lineup. We'll see what they continue to uh, to draft and develop. So it, it all comes down to pitching. I mean, it, honestly, uh, this could be the second best lineup in the American League. I have a hard time having anyone ahead of the Twins just because of what we saw the Twins do a year ago, but don't sleep on this White Sox team. But I started all of this because the pitching market is down to almost nothing. Um, If Keuchel, if you assume that the Angels flip over to Ryu, then all of a sudden uh, the Dodgers might be chasing a starting pitching, maybe chasing a starting pitching. Uh, You know, I still think Keuchel to the, the White Sox or the Twins makes sense. And then after that, you assume that maybe one of them snipe uh, Tehran off the market. And then, again, it is just the the bottom of the barrel. So it's going to be interesting to watch. There is not a lot left out there if you are a team that wants pitching. So let's talk about a few other minor moves. Um, I'm just debating where to start. Let's start with uh, Yoshitamo Tusugo. Oh, I do so much pronunciation before these. I'm sure someone, I have a guy on Twitter who I should be thanking by name, but I'm blanking on who, who sends in the correct pronunciations, and then I do read them and try to get better. Uh, he's been a, a strong hitter in Japan. I worry about the K rate. That's kind of the big indicator, but the Japanese league is better than the uh, the Korean Baseball League. I think he's a better prospect than Byung-Yong Kim was a few years ago, and he was signed for significantly less. Two years, $12 million. That's $6 million a year. Uh for a guy who will be a DH, maybe a platoon bat, that's that's a good value. Has high level production, a 44 home run season, a 38 home run season, and again, you're hitting him for age what 28 and 29. Rays continuing to do very Rays like things at that price. You cannot argue with that. I mentioned Romo uh, re-signed with the Twins, two years uh, up to 9.75 million. So they paid almost as much for him as the Rays paid for. Tusugo, uh, Joe Smith played a very little bit last year due to injury, just 28 games for 25 innings, but the numbers were good. Low walk rate. Strikeout rate was under 8, but that's about for his career total. Uh, performed well, and he resigned. Uh, it all paid off for him. Two year contract for um, how much? Uh, $8 million. So he got $4 million a season. He got a little less than Romo did to the Twins. And that's important because, remember, Houston is in line to lose Will Harris, who is such a vital member of their pen. Um, They've had some other losses. It's going to be interesting to see how this all comes together. Then I have to spend some time here at the end about one more signing I saw today that uh, was a bit painful, uh, but a good signing by the Twins, and that's Chris Mitchell. Now, if you're going, who? I get it. He's He's someone that's being added to the op side of things for the Twins. But Chris Mitchell is the guy who developed the Cato ratings that uh, I often talk about. He's someone who's done a lot of deep research. He's the one where I first saw the whole idea of like Bat Pit being important in development. 
and why you see that like BAP, not necessarily important in development, but BAP being a great indicator of future success. A really smart guy, he, about a year ago, maybe two, left uh, Fangraphs to go work in the private sector. And then the twins brought him out of the private sector and he's going to join them. He's a really smart guy. He knows what he's doing. He's very good at analytical database stuff, which is what all teams are getting towards. And, uh, you know, he was very, if, if you follow stats, he is in the public eye, just one of the more intelligent um, people out there. Really kind of groundbreaking to follow and see what he was coming up with. Always someone who I, I read everything he wrote. And, uh, yeah, and now he's part of the Twins team. Uh, so I have to talk about that. Uh, I've had a few interactions online. He's always seemed like a really great guy. But again, it's a it's an interesting addition by the Twins. Another very intelligent person in that baseball ops side of things. Which, you know, they the, the guy in charge came from the Indians, part of that managerial coaching tree or managerial managing tree. Uh, however you want to phrase it. But either way, the Twins go out and get a very smart person to add to their staff of very smart people making things more difficult for the Cleveland Indians. That's all there really is to talk about today. Uh, we'll see what the Indians do when they do something. We're kind of just stuck in waiting mode. Uh, the hot stove was hot, but now it has definitely cooled down. We're going to have to see how things uh, shake out over the next few weeks as some of these guys sign away, as free agency really kind of hits the lulls at this point. I mean, outside of Donaldson, is there really a guy, anyone out there whose name is going to make everyone stand up and take notice? We'll see. I want to thank everyone for listening, rating, and reviewing. That is all so important to the show. Um, thank you for listening to my diatribe at the start about the the fall of, of written uh, media and baseball. Uh, and thank you for listening every week and giving me an outlet to talk about the sport that I do love. Uh, this has been Jeff Ellis. As always, thank you for listening, and go Tribe!